Let's talk about Arlo the Alligator Boy. This is a new hand-drawn animated musical film. Um, this is the first film directed by Ryan Crago. Are we going to do a film that doesn't revolve around two mismatched characters in a fraught relationship trying to figure out their differences in a heightened scenario? <laughs> uh, I, I think the, the joke there is that this movie kind of does that anyway, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, glad you caught it. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, yeah, I, yeah. Um, the, not, not, not exactly a one-to-one with Thunder Force and some of the other Netflix films we talked about sure. recently, but sure. You know, you kind of mentioned to me that this is very much reminded you of uh, the SpongeBob movie, the recent one, the first Sponge one. on the Run. Yeah, and the new one, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, they are very similar. Yeah. Well, I think part of that, too, is it's similar to the SpongeBob, Sponge on the Run movie. That one really was more of like a launching pad for a new TV show, basically. Uh, so this movie uh, is kind of well, like an unofficial pilot, right? Yeah, this is def- definitely a pilot. I, I feel like... The stuff that was a pilot for the new SpongeBob movie was kind of like thrown in haphazardly. Like I think they had a SpongeBob movie, and they're also like, "Hey, can you like advertise this thing we're doing?" Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I guess. Um, Just like kind of threw stuff in there for the sake. Right. Of, yeah. Whereas this is this is more similar maybe to like Return of Jafar, which was like one of the earliest cases of this, where that was like a directed direct to VHS movie uh, sequel to Aladdin that turned into the, it was like the first couple episodes of the Aladdin TV show on Disney. So it, it is kind of more similar to that whole thing because it is like a standalone movie. It functionally works on its own, but you know, at the end of it, you're kind of like, Oh yeah, I could see how a series is going to come out of this. It's going to be called, I love Arlo. And this movie, first of all, I, I want to say that I'm glad hand-drawn movies are still being made. And yeah. I'm really glad that Netflix is one of the streaming services that is investing in that kind of thing. Klaus, sure was one of my favorite favorite movies of that year i think it was 2019 uh, christmas movie one of my favorite christmas movies of all time that's fantastic and it's hand-drawn and it's from the, the sergio pablos the guy who did the minion stuff sure. and i i have to say though when i first saw like the poster for arlo the alligator boy i was not interested because yeah, I, I hate <laughs> hate hate the character design <laughs> he uh, just actually, looks I don't mind that. unpleasant to me okay okay you you compare this to Teacher's Pet. Is that what I've been waiting to ask you this? Is it the Teacher's Pet thing because of the design? I think so. I don't. I mean, because like Teacher's Pet, that was a movie as well where it's like it's not a, a this movie feels like like you said like it feels like a movie for a show that doesn't exist or like a show that like I wouldn't know about and I'm like watching the movie of like like the origin story of like characters I don't really know about and that's kind of my experience with Teacher's Pet. Like it's like this big broad musical for like a show that I didn't really know much about as a kid. Like I was like kind of aware of it. And it's also like kind of a niche thing that they gave like a bunch of money to for a movie, which is kind of bizarre. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess like, it it felt to me like you were saying like SpongeBob meets teacher's pet meets like regular show. Um, Like it's like, it's like kind of like an amalgamation of those three things. And I'm like, I'm not an expert on regular show, but I kind of had that kind of like seen it modern kind of ironic tone to it that's that's kind of becoming prevalent in children's animation on like cartoon network nowadays sure well i'm seeing a lot of love for this movie you know i'm not seeing a ton of like this is the best thing ever but i'm seeing a lot of i'm into it it's it feels different it's kind of nice that it's original and people really dig the music we mentioned that this is a musical and i i'll say i don't think the music in here is solid 
Like there's a few songs yeah. in here that I was humming. I was, you know, tapping my foot. Um, you know, there's some fun, there's some fun sight gags in this movie. Oh the, yeah. The thing, the thing though, that this movie kind of loses me. And the reason I'm not super high on it, honestly, is the story. It's just so yeah. been there, done that. How many times it, all it is, is it's this little boy who's an art he's an alligator boy and he gets his I want song. He grew up in a swamp, but he finds out he's really from like New Shrek. York city. And yeah, it's like Shrek, but then it's also like <laughs> elf where it's like, I got to go to New yeah. York city to meet my father. But then he goes on like a road trip. So, and he meets friends along the way and it's about the, the family or the friends that you find. And Oh really? Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just so many, so many other movies. And I think it's such a shame because this movie has such a clear creativity with the types of characters, the the jokes it's making, the kind of how edgy it kind of gets in some place. At least edgy for like a kids TV show. I guess, yeah. Not super edgy, but like, you know, it pushes some envelopes. I guess it just kind of like, it's good about like once everything feels kind of like placid or like kind of like familiar, it will just come out of nowhere with like a kind of pointed joke or like an absurd sight gag. It's just like, what, what yeah. the... And then just like, okay, well, that, that kind of, uh, you know, put a pep in my step, kind of like kept me <laughs> off guard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more Cartoon Network than Nickelodeon in, in terms of yeah. just kind of the, the risks it's willing to, the types of risks it's willing to take. Like, for example, there, there is a character in here named Marcellus. And as soon as he came up, I was like, all right, here's Will Ashton's favorite character. Uh, I don't know if he's my favorite character. He was my favorite character. Oh, I thought you liked the, I thought you liked the toad or the, the frog. Well, that's the thing. So Jeromeo is the best character, but he's not sure. in the movie enough. And first, the movie should have been about Jeromeo and Marcellus starting a carnival um, in yeah. Coney Island. That that was, or like not Coney Island, but the seaside seashore place. Well, I mean, I think they they knew that Jer was its character's name, Geronimo. Jeromeo. Oh my god. Sorry, Jeromeo. They knew that he had too much star power. Uh, and they're like, yeah. we can't like, we need to establish Arlo. Like, we can't have them together because he's just gonna steal the show. Like, let's let's live, let Arlo have his time in the shot in, in the sun. They did the same thing that they did in Moana, where they they took the the pet sidekick from Moana. Like, but then yeah. they gave like in Moana they gave her the chicken over Pua. Pua just disappears, and then we're stuck with the weird chicken for the whole movie. And here it's the same deal. We lose Jeromeo, and for what? The the cat with a hoodie? I don't know. Yeah, I mean. I don't know that 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 felt like something that was like, I'm guessing that character is going to play a bigger role in the show. Probably, and yeah. I and I didn't really get her deal in this movie. It kind of felt like she was uh, shoehorned in. But um, yeah, like the same time, I I, I do kind of wish the supporting characters weren't kind of like haphazardly thrown into the movie. It just like they were just like, hey, you know, like you're not going to get these characters now. But once you watch the show, <laughs> you're going to love them. Well, my favorite part of this movie is when part of this movie i forget that arlo is even like this is his story and we spend a lot of time with the side characters in the middle where they're kind of shining they're kind of doing fun stuff and arlo is just kind of like along for the ride and it it, it was more jarring to me when eventually they're like arlo you're this incredible person we've been through so much i was like arlo didn't do anything like he hasn't really had a lot of hearts of hearts with you guys he he has like this whole thing with birdie voiced by mary lambert Uh, arlo is voiced by michael j woodard and the, most of the movies, like heart, is between them. But he doesn't really like. I, I don't know. I never really felt like the other characters were there for him. 
right? It, it does fall in the formula, I think, a little bit too much to the point where it's like it's, it's expecting you to have these emotional stake in these characters because we're at this point in the film, and it's yeah. like, well, I didn't really get to know you them well, so like, and I don't, exactly. I don't really feel like the, the characters are that developed at this point to really have that that kind of emotional connection. That's what I was talking about before, where I felt like like these characters like knew each other well, like in the show. And like we're mm-hmm. seeing their origin story, and we have like that emotional background with them, like kind of similar to like SpongeBob and Patrick in the SpongeBob movie, where it's like, like if you were just to watch a SpongeBob movie without watching uh, the show SpongeBob, like you wouldn't really like feel that much about the characters, but because you've you've seen them in all those episodes, you're like, okay, I care about their relationship, and it feels like yeah, like without seeing the show for this, I don't really have a lot of emotional investment in these two characters being close friends. Yeah. Well, not to bring it too much again to the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, but it does that same kind of thing, right? Where like you get why SpongeBob and Patrick are close because they spend most of the movie together. But then when it comes time in that movie for Squidward and Sandy and Mr. Krabs to be like, we love SpongeBob, like their whole deal with that in order for them to make sense of it out of somebody who might not have watched the show, which doesn't make sense because SpongeBob is so iconic. Like people know those characters and everything, but even that movie kind of takes an out to be like, it's because of this thing at summer camp. It's not because of the hundreds of episodes where they've had all these meaningful relationships we are aware of. You know what I mean? It's like if in like the Avenger, like if in Avengers Endgame, they had like reminisced on like all of these things that we didn't even know happened with like between Captain America and Tony Stark. Like they, they like reminisced that time they met at summer camp or something and you're like well, well wait like we, we you know you could have just reminisced about other movies we've seen i don't know it's it's very odd and again i do think that like the arlo and birdie stuff makes sense from a story level because like they have moments together they have conversations you can sort of see why they would have like a connection and birdie makes sense to me as a character but it's like you said they throw in all the other side characters sort of just as like a a precursor like a palette uh, or not palate cleanser, but like an appetizer, right? To a show that can have a bunch of different characters for Arlo to interact with. And it's, right. in that respect, it's pretty cynical in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. In that respect, I agree with you. In other ways, I disagree, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. I do like this uh, voice cast. Uh, we have Jennifer Coolidge as one of the villains, which is really, really fun. Uh, Jonathan Van Ness uh, versus voices Felicia, this like furball kind of pink furball creature. Yeah. Uh, he's fantastic <laughs> like as a voice actor. Um, and then, yeah, Tony Hale, uh, who I didn't know was the voice of the teeny tiny Tony. Character. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that until I saw the credits. I, uh, I was like, who is that? Yeah. I caught it pretty early on. Um, Jonathan Van Ness was the one I was, I was trying to point. I was like... He sounds familiar, but I don't mm-hmm. quite get the voice. Also, uh, Annie Potts uh, voices Arlo's mother, uh, Edme, the adoptive mother, of course. So, yeah, it's a good voice cast, too. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, if they're going to be able to, like, maintain that voice cast for the show. I assume they are. But, you know, you never know, right? I th- things have changed with streaming. It used to be that, like, you have the like the big movie, the How to Train Your Dragon with, like, Gerard Butler and, you know, all that stuff. But then when, yeah. the, like, the show gets made, they have to find, you know, like, a few actors who are sound kind of close, but not right. quite. Like, I think uh, Emperor's New Groove was kind of like that, right? Where, like, the Emperor's New School, they couldn't get uh, David Spade to be the Cusco. So they had to get, yeah. like, some guy who sounds vaguely similar, you know. But sure. they still had Patrick Warburton, obviously. Well, of course. I mean, who else could play Kronk? Nobody. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I do like the voice cast. I, I particularly like, um, is it Michael J. Woodard that voices Arlo? Yeah, um, and I'm not familiar with him, generally speaking. I think this is his first role, at least as a voice actor, I think. Um, I think it's I, him I, singing, I might... too. And Yeah, it is. Great vocal talent. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, 
and, and I think that's like you said, I have to assume they, they went with like an unknown here for the fact that they could have that same voice actor in the show. And I think that's a wise choice. I think he brings a lot of heart and personality to the uh, character. And I think he does a lot of heavy lifting that the screenplay doesn't. I think his performance feels pretty earnest and sincere. And sure. uh, yeah, I, I actually, I think that's part of the reason why I actually did end up joining this film, if not to a great extent. I didn't enjoy it. I, I found it to be a bit of a slog. Um, I didn't really care about what was going on. and But I, I did have this feeling that I would have loved to have watched this with like my nieces and nephews in a movie theater. I was wondering I think, if you were going to say that. Oh, absolutely. Because like, <laughs> know, this yeah. is the kind of thing they would be into, you know, and, and look, we all know everybody in this planet knows that I love me some good animated films and it doesn't matter if they're sure. little, if they're young at heart, you know, if they're, if they're for a younger audience more so than they are for me. I yeah. just, I find the general conceit of this movie to be so dry and plain and boring that I feel like the only enjoyment I would get out of it is watching it with somebody who hasn't seen a lot of movies like that and just seeing them like, you know, fall in with the charm more than I would. That would be more of an enjoyable experience for me personally. But it's not like this movie doesn't have really great qualities. It certainly does. Yeah, no, I mean, when I was watching it, I mean, I don't I don't always know what you're going to think. But when I was watching, I was like, I feel like this is going to be one I'm, I'm going to like more than John just because it had such a trope heavy plot. I'm just like, I know John in animation wise like he when when a plot is this tropey he just doesn't tend to like it gets in the way of his enjoyment and uh, uh i i figured that was going to be the case here and that's unfortunate but that's fine i i do agree with you that like because it is so kind of paint by numbers in terms of the plotting and just like this is what we are supposed to do with our big movie for our show like it's supposed to hit this beat and do this thing and characters are supposed to go from x to y to z and like you know and i i do find that to be tiresome and and i agree with you that it is kind of um cynical and in terms of the execution of it and it, it makes me think about the making of the movie and like what netflix wants out of it as opposed to just really enjoying the film and the characters and getting to like them and all that stuff but i i think there's enough here just like you said like for one the fact that it is a 2d animated musical film like we just don't get those that often anymore it does sure. feel like kind of a blast from the past in that way but it is interesting to me that it is kind of implying or it's it's uh applying these um Disney-like sentimental beats with a kind of new age, like Cartoon Network, ironic sense of humor. And I don't think it fully comes together, but there's enough of both here that I found myself endeared by it. Slug is not a word that I would use personally. I, I found myself pretty amused by it throughout, even when I wasn't, like even when I was taking issues with the characters and the story beats. Um, I guess the one thing I disagree with you is that I do like Jennifer Coolidge and I, I thought Flea gave I a like pretty- her. I said I like Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, like as a as act. Well, what I was gonna say is that um, I like those two as voice actors, him, uh, her and uh, Flea. But I feel like those characters are like the most tired, like Southern stereotype kind of things. Like I just oh, found I those characters. Okay, yeah, yeah. I agree. No, we agree. We agree. I I like their voice talents, and I think okay. that you know I liked all the voices basically in this movie. Sure. But yeah, I agree with you about the characters themselves not really being right. that entertaining. I just found. I mean, that was my biggest issue with the movies. That like they're just like the laziest villains yeah <laughs> like they they barely come into the plot they have like no real like threat to the Their characters rocket you know, right like. yeah but honestly my biggest issue is totally different my biggest issue and i can't speak too much of this because it would be kind of spoiler territory but i think what this movie ultimately does says about forgiveness and abandonment is actually like really messed up i i think that this movie is just like Oh my gosh, it 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 undoes or unwrites a lot of like really 
I think traumatizing stuff. And you know, I, I, I don't care about it too much with the sense that like, I feel like kids are going to watch it and it's going to wash over them. Like they're not going to really pick anything up from it. But as an adult, I'm just like, man, this, no, no, thanks. I think that didn't bother me because I knew there was going to be a show and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a little bit more like narrative groundwork established there. Like they're just kind of like, they're wrapping it up in terms of like, here's like an ending for the movie, but I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what the show is going to be like, if it's going to be more like episodic and character driven or if it's going to be narrative based. I don't really know for sure. I, I don't want to assume either, but um, I, I was willing to excuse that because I was like, well, if there's going to be a show, there's probably going to be more ground explored there. I, it just bugs me because I think this movie, it, it does have its heart in the right place. And I kind of similar to you, I don't think it fully nails the tonal balance it's going for or the type of the two types of things that's trying to merge here. The Cartoon Network edgy sight gag humor with the like Disney pop aesthetic. But that's, it's a good idea to try to merge those two things. I think there's absolutely a market for it, especially with this kind of animation that can can push the push the envelope a little bit. I'm totally, totally down with that sort of thing. It's just that's why the ending hits me so wrong. Cause like up until that point, I was like, you know, I'm I'm with this message in the movie. I'm with what it's trying to say. And it's not that it it's terrible about it, but I do think that it it's so wishy-washy with something that is definitely not an easy issue and they kind of treat it like it is. And there was something that rubbed me the wrong way about that. Again, I'm not like blasting the film over it. I'm not dropping it like a whole decimal or whatever over it. I'm, I'm kind of more canceling Arlo. I'm not canceling. You know what? Arlo (laughs) doesn't need to be canceled. I want to hear more. I I would listen to the soundtrack of this thing. That's how, that's how much I actually enjoyed the music. Mostly, you know, there, there are some songs in here that I'm like, whatever, but you know, yeah, I guess that's where we, actually disagree more is that like i i found the soundtrack to this like i i didn't dislike the songs like i enjoyed them in the moment but as soon as they ended i just forgot about them entirely like i i can't like hum a beat for any of these songs or anything like that like i remember like the like visual like choreography of them but i don't remember the songs themselves they have completely washed themselves out of my brain well yeah i mean to be clear they're not the best best songs the and i don't think i could hum i think there's only one that i could uh, but like you, I did enjoy them in the moment. And I, I do generally like this kind of like poppy kind of music a little bit more. And I think they are trying to do something kind of like borrowing a beat from Hamilton a little bit for better or worse, like the Lin-Manuel Miranda, like not rapping, but definitely like a spoken word mixed with pop that it works for some songs a lot more than it does for others. I think the ones that it doesn't work are the slower songs, which I did not like at all. But I think the bop in this is more and more and more. That that song and the reprise, like they actually, I think, put a ton of work into those to really make them feel alive, and so that's why I think for me, I can I can hum that song. Are you talking about the like the like the like main Arlo song that he like sings? The ma- yeah, the main Arlo song. You know, I, yeah, I don't know what you were humming there, but sure. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember how it goes. Like that's the thing is that like I I can like vaguely hear the beat in my head, but like I don't I don't remember exactly how the song goes or like what what the lyrics were. I'm too self conscious to do it, but I I can do yeah. It's like more more more. It's it's definitely like a well thing. you've rapped in the show before. Yeah, but I had preparation. I sure. had my I had a stunt team on hand. Yeah, you, we had a you, you, you prepared for a week. You had you we had, had auto tune. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely yeah yeah. But okay I. I feel like I'm I'm being a little bit harsh on this movie or harsher than you are, but I, I land on a C plus. I feel bad about it too, because it has things about, it's kind of like how you were with Jacob's wife. You know, it's like there are things about it. I want more of in these kinds of movies. Like it, it has like 
it, it, I think that's what ruins it a little bit more for me. It's like, it doesn't need to be formulaic. It has the recipe for a really avant-garde and engaging, timeless animated film, but then it just stuffs it with all this boring, tropey stuff we don't need. So C plus for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like over the moon with this movie. I just found it to be an amusing kind of diversion for whatever it was, like 90 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just I think I am more sympathetic to the fact that like I didn't know it was going to be a musical for one. And I didn't really know it was going to be kind of a uh, more cinematic than I anticipated. I thought it was just going to be like you were suggesting uh, more of like a direct pilot or like a pilot that they stretched out into a film. And uh, I, I found it by and large to be amusing. Like I said, like, I don't think it really pushes any envelopes. I don't think it does anything that you haven't seen in countless other animated films or family films. But I, I do find the characters be kind of endearing and sweet. I don't know if they're enjoyable enough for me to want to watch the show. It's just simply out of my age demographic. And if it's not a movie, I'm just not like you said, unless like I had like younger siblings or something that were watching it. I don't really see how I'm going to get invested in it. And I do agree with you that um, I, I think the fact that it is trying to set up a show does give it a cynical kind of under, or like, I guess like a bitterness that uh, is a little annoying. It, it makes it hard to appreciate the movie on its own terms. But by and large, I, I, I think it's sweet. I think it, it is enjoyable. I, I do find myself impressed by the animation and the voice performances. And I, I didn't mind the character designs. I'm, I'm not quite sure why you were against them. I, I thought they were kind of inspiring. Just Arlo. I like okay. I like all of the character designs except for him. Okay, I, I thought they were all pretty inspired and silly, and uh, you know it, they weren't like visually grading or anything like that, which uh, tends to be the case more and more with uh, CG animation. But um, yeah, I, I found this to be uh, a forgettable and, and not necessarily outstanding anime film, but one that I enjoyed for the short amount of time that I watched it. I'll, I'll say teeny tiny Tony or whatever his name is. I didn't like his character design as much. I was like, ah, whatever. He, he's probably one of my least favorite characters. But yeah, I mean, with Arlo, I, I, the, the thing is, I'm not I don't need Arlo to be this like milk toast vanilla kind of looking character. I'm glad that they, they they swung, you know, they swung for the fences with that character design. And I appreciate it. I respect it. It's admirable that they were trying to make him just feel like very unique and different but i just don't it just you know i respect the swing i just don't think it quite works for me i don't, I don't know it's, he's very off-putting to me it's kind of like teacher's pet i think that character design is really weak in my opinion but you know that we don't have to relitigate um, a 20 year old show or whatever yeah that that i think almost everyone has forgotten besides maybe us sure um, <laughs> and cory woodruff yeah cory woodruff who is apparently a big fan yeah yeah he brought it up with so, you Clearly, yeah. clearly you're of a mind on that. I, I will say there, there are two other things I want to mention before we wrap this up. I, I you, you kind of mentioned it, but yes, it, it does look very cinematic. And I think the animation here is really good. We didn't speak enough about that. Probably I, I, the colors and the, just the motion, the motion and the composition of a lot of different shots. It's an exciting movie. It makes it feel less of a slog than it otherwise would have for me. And I know you didn't find it. You found it to be pretty amusing and it's probably because I think it's just like a gorgeous movie. And that's kind of why I, I wish that I had seen it blown up a little bit more would have been really cool to see this on a, on a huge screen where it just yeah. feels this world really feels more immersive than it did on a, a smaller screen. Uh, you know, and yeah. that said, uh, 
yeah, it's not the greatest animation in the world. I still think Klaus is definitely like the definition of well, sure. like you've never seen anything quite like this before. You've seen a movie like Arlo though, when in terms of the animation. I just think they did a really great job for, you know, but they didn't really do anything all that original or innovative with the animation to, to be super fair. Yeah, I mean, I guess because my expectations were lower and I just didn't really have much in terms of like expectations for what the animation was going to be or like what the characters designs were going to be. I, I guess I was more impressed by that, but I do agree it like if we're talking like, you know, top tier 2D animation, I, I don't think this one compares in that regard. The last thing I'll mention is, you know, we mentioned the music quite a bit. I do want to mention it's by Alex Garingus, who did the music with the director, Ryan Crago. And he, he's done a lot of music that uh, I'm a fan of. Uh, he did music for Voltron. And he actually, it's funny, he did music for Sponge on the Run. We mentioned that movie so many times. Forgot to mention that he was, uh, one of the, oh, yeah. I think, one of the composers for the SpongeBob movie. Um, okay if not the main person, I think, I think he worked on it, but he wasn't the main composer. Cause I know Hans Zimmer worked on it. Um, but he, he's worked with Hans Zimmer a bunch, um, on several things, but, uh, yeah, good music. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, he, he found, uh, he, he found uh, time to do this one because I know he's a very, very busy composer. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind the score. It just, the, the soundtrack, I guess was where I, I found it to be kind of forgettable. Well, he worked on the songs too. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I don't, oh, both? I, okay. I wasn't, uh, I was more taken, I guess, by the score than the soundtrack. All right. And, uh, you know, I one last thing I'll mention. Uh, <laughs> so this was Netflix animation, but they also did this through a production company called, and I'm sorry, I have to say it, uh, Titmouse Incorporated. Okay. Which I mentioned to you while I was watching the movie. I was like, there's like a, like a thing called Titmouse in this movie where they had, it's like an Easter egg. And cause I had never heard of it before, <laughs> but sure. it's a real production company. Um, they did, uh, I th they worked on a uh, breadwinners and, uh, I looked this up, uh, I think big mouth. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they've done some adult swim stuff. I'm just kind of surprised that they would show that in this movie <laughs> considering, but yeah, whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm no parent. I don't know if that's <laughs> unacceptable, but, um, it didn't bother me. I, I would not want a kid saying that word, you know, in, you know, in a public setting, probably kind of uh, awkward and uncomfortable for some people, but you know, what are you gonna do? That is Arlo, the alligator C plus for me. And, uh, you said you were a uh, B on it, right? I'm a B minus. Oh, I was also going to say they, um, Titmouse also worked on shirkers, which I know you liked a lot. Yes, absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.